Hey there, friends. How's it going? My name is Kyle Devlin, and I am the host of this podcast. This is the Having a Blast podcast. Having a Blast is a pop punk and emo podcast where we'll be doing a deep dive on important albums and bands. We'll also be speaking with band members, producers, and friends. If you happen to like what you hear, if you could do me a huge favor, perhaps give us a five-star review. That just really helps get the algorithms working in our favor, and then more people can hear the podcast. Or Another thing that really helps us out is if you share it with a friend. If you've got a friend that enjoys this type of music, pop punk and indie, I'd greatly appreciate it. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. friends welcome to the show today i am extremely excited to welcome my longtime confidant one of my former pics and really one of my most special and unique friendships yes that's correct today i'm speaking with my buddy nick pickrell otherwise known as nick pick nick is a legend within the kansas city area some wonder if he even exists at all some think he's just a myth a tall tale I happen to know that he's real. Nick and I met when I was 16 years old. We were in a pop punk band together for four years. You've heard me mention it here before on the show. Game Time was fortunate enough to do a lot of really cool things, and I don't know if we could have done any of them without Nick. Nick is currently playing bass for the band Achilles. He's also the founder of the Open Table KC, a very progressive gathering and community builder in Kansas City. He also just procured his real estate license, and I know he's going to be a massive success. Nick is also dabbled in acting. If you're in the Kansas City area, you've probably seen his commercials. They're hilarious. It's always fun talking with Nick, and this is exactly how we talk to one another when we see each other. So without further ado, please enjoy my wide-ranging conversation and hopefully humorous dialogue with Mr. Nick Pickrell. Looking for substance? Give it to me wrapped in a candy cottage shell. Searching for meaning while growing up in a golden empty world. Ooh, filter. Did you put a filter on? No, I just turned my lamp light on. Oh, I gotcha. How you no, doing? no filter. What you see is what you get. Wizard wig. <laughs> How you doing, man? Good. Dude, your hair looks great. Thank you. I'm digging it. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Well, have you not You're seen welcome. the scoop back yet? What? Have you not seen me with the swoop back hair yet? No, I have. You have? Yeah. It just looks especially striking today. It does, yeah. Thank you. I stay connected to you and your hairstyles. (laughs) Perfect. I do. Good. (laughs) Nicholas, is that an SM57? Yeah, I have a condenser, but I was like, I'm going to try this one out, and I'll just speak right up into it. Cool. You want to hear something funny? What? So I think it was mid-November when I decided I wanted to do two podcasts because I'm crazy. Yeah. And I put it out into the ether that I was going to do that. And I was looking for a mic and I had a lot of suggestions and it was suggestions like the SM57, something really simple, easy, not too pricey. And then it went all the way up to $800 microphones. And I was thinking, I don't know if I'm really prepared to spend $800 on a microphone just yet. Yeah, right? And so we literally looked on YouTube. I was looking up some reviews on good podcast mics. Uh-huh. 
And I found a video of this guy talking about how he's got a couple of high-end mics and a couple of less expensive mics. And his favorite was the Samson Q2U, which is one of the less expensive microphones. Oh, yeah. And he was testing it out. And it just so happened, somebody very close by here in Lawrence had a Samson Q2U mic. And we bought it on Facebook Marketplace. And literally 20 minutes later, it was here. And I tested it out and I liked it so much. I liked the way it sounded and it blocked yeah. everything else out really well. So I just went ahead and bought another one and they're really cheap. I bought the used one for 40 bucks and double that brand new. Yeah. So I went ahead and just bought two. Oh, that's great. Did you get like a, is that a pop filter that you just put on top of it? It came with it. Oh, it did. Okay. Do yeah. they, do they normally come with it? Uh-huh. Yeah. When I bought it new, it came with a pop filter and a little stand Dang. and the stand isn't great. I honestly could use a better stand, but I mean, for what I'm doing, it's fine. It's perfect. Yep. And a lot of times people, they'll ask me, they'll say, your voice sounds good. The recording sounds decent. What are you doing or what are you using? And I just tell them I got a really cheap microphone. Yeah, That's it doesn't it. take much, does it? Doesn't it take doesn't. Much. No, not with podcasts. So how are you doing today, man? No complaints. Yesterday felt like hot garbage because I just got my second vaccination shot, but I'm, I'm doing much better today. Congratulations, buddy. Which shot did you get? Moderna. Oh, dang. Okay. Team Moderna, Team Pfizer. Yep. I got yeah. The, the Moderna one got me the first go around too. So it was uh, both equally bad. I was hoping that since the first one sucked, uh, the second one wouldn't be as bad. Nope. Both terrible. All right. Did you get COVID? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, cool. I had this theory. Well, it's not really my theory. It's just something that I was talking to somebody about. And they were mentioning the fact that a lot of people they knew that had really severe symptoms after their shot or somewhat severe symptoms. They also... The corollary was that they had COVID. And so I was wondering if you potentially had COVID, if the shot made your immune system freak out more or something. I'm sure yeah, we would have figured yeah, that out by now. Yeah. So I'm sure somebody would have mentioned that yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I would hope, but you just never know. I'm sorry that happened to you. So you're feeling better today? I am. I didn't experience anything after the first shot. I felt fine after the first shot, just a sore arm. But the second one got me about 12 hours after the shot. I was yeah. lying in bed. It was, I got the shot at 1030 in the morning. And then at 11 o'clock at night, I started feeling achy and the preemptive feelings that you have right before you get the flu Yep. or a fever. It's a thing, This is a good man. conversation, isn't it, Nicholas? It is, it's, it's riveting. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks for agreeing to do this. I appreciate it. Have you ever done a podcast before? Yes. Really? I mean, I haven't led one. I haven't done one myself. I've been interviewed on a podcast before. Really? Yeah. Which one? Uh, oh, I forget. Okay, cool. Uh, well, it's like... Must have been really important to you. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I wrote down some questions because yeah. I want to I maintain professionalism here with you, Nicholas. Oh, please. Okay, Mr. Nicholas Pickerell. Mm. I asked for questions on the game time Instagram and we received a few responses. Oh <laughs> yeah. So this first fan slash friend question, this is where I want to start it. So I hope you're ready. Buckle up. Okay. Oh, I'm buckled. Uh, th this first fan slash friend question is about your ill-fated and if we're being honest, ill-inducing facial hair, the infamous neck beard. And they want to know if it was you who had the neck beard and how long it took to grow in. Yes, it was me. And it lasted a summer. <laughs> I only, I think it only lasted a summer. Was it four months? Yeah, it was probably like three or four months. I think I let that thing go. That's gross. Commitment 
on your part. I can't imagine how uncomfortable it must have been to sleep in a van with your chin propped up against your chest. It's just like a little neck pillow. (laughs) More like this really scratchy wool blankets that you get for Christmas from your grandparents. They're decorative only. You would never put them against your skin. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just, Just a bushel of pubic hair just right underneath your chin at all times. Oh, yeah. And you did that during the summer, too. I did. It was a bad idea. All of it was a bad idea. Yeah. I also don't understand why I didn't um, have any dates during this time period. I I thought you did. I thought there was plenty of people who were really, really excited and and into the neck beard. But they loved it. There was one person. uh, I want to. It was either Summer or Sandra. One of those two. I remember. They hated it so much that they intentionally took their pre-chewed gum and tried to like jam it in there. So I would have to shave it off, but I was able to remove the gum with the neck beard intact. Nice. Did you use peanut butter? No, it just came out. It just came oh, okay. out. It didn't actually get stuck in there, but it was a That's valiant, good. valiant effort. Yeah. And I mean, how old were you then? Were you 20? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was pretty impressive because I didn't think about it at the time, but I've thought about it subsequently many times since. My neck and beard? You've thought yeah, about my neck beard? Okay. I have, yeah. I've contemplated it several times in my life, but... You've dreamt about it? I have <laughs> this reoccurring nightmare of you and your neck beard. But I remember, I didn't think about it at the time, but I've thought about it since that you could have grown a pretty solid beard around that time. Yeah. yeah. I, feel like it looked gr- I feel like it looks gross, but yeah, because I, ha- I, did, I did grow a beard in like 2005 and I felt like it was disgusting. Yeah. Mainly because my, be- my beard hair, after it gets longer, it turns red and I'm like, nope. <laughs> so uh, You turn into so, Conan O'Brien. I do. I do. <laughs> Everything amazing. in my life has been leading me towards Conan O'Brien. Yeah, of Even course. My hair man. right now is like Conan O'Brien. That's true. I dig it. It looks great, man. Yeah. So, okay. Those are all the questions that I have. So see you later. Okay. Bye. Okay. Oh, okay. So there's one more final question regarding the neck beard. What made you decide to ultimately shave it? I wanted attention. Oh, wait, wait, no, get it. No, to get rid of it. No, if I was trying to, yeah, yeah. I thought you're like, why did I grow it? I'm like, yeah, most things I did in life were about trying to stand out in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so. I was going to say you were definitely a person who had no shortage of attention. I think but that's just the type of person you are. The neck beard certainly didn't hurt. I can't remember what exactly made you decide to shave it. Yeah, that's, I don't I don't remember. I think that was uh, part of the deal. Yeah. I think you said it at a show or something. You said when the summer is over, perfect timing, by the way, yeah. when the summer is over and we're starting to meander into colder weather, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of the neck beard. And instead, but, I'm going to grow a rat tail. Because <laughs> I remember that. You was did, like, right? Yeah, I did. And that one lasted a year. I, I don't have, I don't have the, I know the video exists, but it's still on VHS. But I remember when we got the chance to play a couple of shows with Reliant K, mm-hmm. um, we had, I don't, I don't remember who it was that came out with us to videotape it, but they videotaped Potter. our shows. Oh, it's Brian Potter. Yeah. Yep. Videotaped our shows in KC and St. Louis. And I remember seeing the video footage of it and you could see like me flipping my head to the side and just seeing that gnarly rat tail just kind of cruise on around like a whip. (laughs) (laughs) I really think you should bring both back the rat tail and and the neck beard. Done. I'll do it. That could be a good marketing ploy for real estate. I think. Oh yeah. 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 And then you take photos and then do what you will. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. So the neck beard, that was a defining monumental era in your life. Yeah. Let's go back a little bit though. I don't want to move too fast too soon. Let's start with young Nicholas. That's your name, correct? Nick is short for Nicholas. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've asked you this before. I don't know. What do you think? I think yes. I think <laughs> probably you still have at least one family member that calls you Nicholas at all the family yeah. gatherings. What's my middle name? Do you know my middle name, Kyle? I don't. And I'm never going to remember it because I just don't care. Lou? Liam? Lyle? <laughs> I'm giving you the sign language. <laughs> it's three letters. I don't know ASL, dude. You're giving me sign language. <laughs> It's Lee. Lee. It was Lee. Yeah. Oh, th- dude, I should remember that because that's literally my dad's middle name and my mom's middle name. They both have the same middle name and it's Lee. Spelled the same? Yes. L-E-E? Imagine that. Yeah. L-E-E. Ew. Yeah. It's none of that fancy L-E-I-G-H crap. Yeah. What is that? Is that a thing? It is a thing. Okay. I thought so. Like Rachel I, I'm- Lee Cook? I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're right. She's a good example for sure. I don't want I don't want to offend anybody with the last name Lee that's spelled that way. I'm, hey, you better watch I'm, yourself. I'm joking. Kinda. You better I'm watch just joking here. Okay. So let's go back. Let's step back in time. Young Nicholas. What was the first piece of music that you connected to? Do you remember? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I remember growing up and actually not wanting to hear music. So in the car, I would always yell at my dad to turn it off. And, (laughs) uh, but it was either like fifth or sixth grade. I remember it was probably sixth grade, I think, but Mm -hmm. I remember who framed Roger rabbit came out. And then there was a music video that was released by Paula Abdul called opposites attract. And it had a cartoon cat in it. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm down with this. So yeah. the first piece of music that I connected to was Paula Abdul's Opposites Attract because of that cartoon cat. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. That's a great story. Yeah, I remember yeah. that movie. That was such a big video too because I think that was when they were, for the first time, they were really getting good at melding live action with animation. Yep. And I'm pretty sure that movie opened the doors for lots of movies since then and oh, yeah. special effects Space and things. Jam. Yeah. That's a weird movie though. You go back and you watch it. That's a kind of an odd movie. Yeah. It's not really a kid movie, but it's geared no. towards kids somehow. It was kind of genre melding, I guess. It cool. Was. That's a great song. That's a banger. I wish yeah. you would have told me that back in the day. Cause I feel like game time could have covered that song and it would have been oh, legit. God, that would have been so good. <laughs> hey, we still can. You never know. We can. We Yellow. Can. Yellow. Hey. Okay, cool. So Paula Abdul. And then what? What was after that? Do you remember? Yeah. Did that open the floodgates? It, did it, you go down the Janet Jackson rabbit hole? <laughs> no, I did not. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. But no, I like. <laughs> I did. Uh, the very next thing that I got was like a cassette tape for Def Leppard Hysteria. Oh, but again, dude. like the way I got into this stuff was was not because of the music. So I got Def Leppard Hysteria because I thought the album art on the the cassette tape looked cool. And so I asked my parents if I could buy it. And so I remember buying it from the Independence Center, just a local mall in Independence, Missouri. So, But did you eventually like the music? I mean, Hysteria is a classic record. Yeah, no, I loved it. I loved it. And then- Isn't that the one that they spent two years recording and over a million dollars or something? Yeah, I don't remember. I remember that. I mean, that's the one that's the the first album back after they're out uh, after the accident. Yeah, maybe that's why it took them so long to record. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's a lot of takes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm being super insensitive right now. That drummer's a beast. I don't want to yeah. be disparaging at all. <laughs> he is. 
Yeah. Like you've been playing this instrument your whole life and then this accident happens and you basically have to relearn it again. It's going to take a little yeah. 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 I remember when Travis Barker, do you remember when he broke his hand and he was playing with plus 44 and he was playing on all the TV appearances with one hand, but he'd literally hold up his hand that had a cast on it. And then he'd just do everything with his right hand. It's yeah. so good. I'll send you a video. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, please do. So you got into Def Leppard. Were you into those choruses and those melodies and stuff? Yes. Yeah. Did you have a little yeah. tape player? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And when did you get into punk music because i know when we first met we bonded over bands like melancholy no effects no use for a name and what else were you listening to back then you were into all the fat wreck bands but you were into a lot of them face to face maybe yeah yeah because it's like so yeah my initial my initial like entry into punk rock music was obviously like green day dookie had just come out and it was like Mm -hmm. all over the radio i'm like what is this Mm -hmm. and um was it kind was of like, edgy with them cursing a whole lot? Was that a little, was that kind of scary, oh, well, yeah. but exciting like, I mean, at the same time? Back, back then I was like, I mean, I was in, so I got the Green Day Dookie cassette mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, I went to like a funda- a very fundamentalist church growing up in Blue mm-hmm. Springs and they had like this whole, like, it wasn't like a tape burning party, but it was like, there's there's a lot of peer pressure going on being like, Hey, if you're listening to green day, that's probably not the best. So let's break the tape. And so I remember uh, running over the tape in the the church parking lot and people told me that a good equivalent, but quote unquote Christian was MXPX back then it was just magnified <laughs> plaid. It was like mm-hmm. their Poconacha uh, tape. And yeah, dude, my word no it's night and day difference it, it, it oh, couldn't be yeah. any different like the, the quality of the recording on Poconacha is just garbage it's absolute garbage compared <laughs> to the production value of green day dookie so it's just like no it's it's not it's yeah it's apples well, and oranges but i eventually went back like shortly after and just got it on cd because at that point the cds were then a thing Yep. Compact discs. I remember those. Yeah. Yep. I just had Aaron Sprinkle on the show. He produced Poconacha. Yeah. And they were little kids when they did that. They were young. Yeah. He was yeah. maybe 19 years old. I think that's what he said. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Independent recording was not what it is today. Yeah. And then a doubt. that right next to Dookie, which was their first major label release where they were probably working on a million dollar Neve board. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah you're I mean, right. It's just, yeah, it's just like night. It's just like night and day different. Yeah. I mean, did you just, ever, yeah. this is kind of a random question, but did you ever get into, I remember buying the cassette for Dookie too. I remember buying cassettes and I somehow convinced my parents to buy the first two records as well. 1039 and Kerplunk. Yep. Did you ever get into those records at all? Yeah, I did. I did. I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's been you know, there are huge swaths in my life that I don't remember anymore. So the, all those drugs, that's right. Just so many. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate, it was, really. Yeah, it is. It is. Thank you. <laughs> so it would be like, I want to say I dug Kerplunk uh, mm-hmm. more than the other, but I'd have to go back and listen to him again. There... I, remember, I remember Dookie was the first album where I was like, Oh my word. Like every single song. I love literally every single song on this album. And, and the ones before then it was like, I, I was like picking and choosing cause I wasn't, you know, some, some of the tracks I didn't really care for, but, but there are definitely some good ones. And if I remember right, I think there were just more that I dug personally on Kerplunk. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you listen to an album like Kerplunk and then you listen to Dookie, it's easier to see the transition. The songs are different on Kerplunk. Kerplunk's kind of a weird album, really, for them. It's a great album. It's one of my favorite albums, but it was like they took the best of what Kerplunk had to offer and just did that on Dookie. And there was something a little bit more special about Dookie, just the songs in general. They were just a little bit more urgent and punchy. And the recording obviously was amazing, but they even took Welcome to Paradise from Kerplunk. So they knew there was some music that needed to go on Dookie that was from the Kerplunk era. So they had captured something really cool. And what was crazy too is, I didn't realize this, but if you go back and you listen to demos, they had a bunch of songs from Insomniac already written before they went in to record Dookie. And they had, you know, the song Hashinka on Nimrod? Yeah. They recorded a demo of that live back in 92. So around the Kerplunk era, they had that song, which is insane to me just to think that he was just writing songs so much. Yeah. He just had this amazing plethora of awesome songs to choose from. That's probably one of the reasons Dookie's so good. Okay, so Dookie, that makes sense. Everything changed around that time. Seems to be the case for lots of people our age. Yep. yep. And then how did you come into contact with other bands that sounded like Green Day? Because did that open the doors? I mean, you said you listened up to MXPX and then did you get involved in the tooth and nail world? Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, the, the tooth and nail world is where it kind of blew up for me, like at least on that side of things. So it would have been, you know, like... Well, you know, and the first band I'm going to mention wasn't on Tooth and Nail. Well, maybe they were. I don't remember how everybody was like connected, but I want to say this band was on BEC or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which was like another Val- label Value like Pack. Tooth and Nail. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it would have been like Value Pack, or I remember being into this random band called Johnny Rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, who else? Goaty Hook. Oh, definitely Goaty Hook big time into goatee hook. Yeah. So, so that was that, those were the main, the main ones that I can recall right now from the, the, from that side of things. But the interesting thing is like, I was also way into presidents, of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was obsessed with them in the <laughs> early nineties. That makes um, perfect sense. Actually. Yeah. Did you ever see and them live? I did a bunch of times. The last time I saw them live was like a rock the vote thing where they came out. Like it was, you know, MTV's like traveling thing, trying to get out the vote. And I remember going up and talking to one of the presidents, of the United States of America guys. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I probably shouldn't have said this, but it was just like, Hey man, I just wanted to say, thank you so much. I've loved your music since I was like in middle school. And he's like, Oh, cool. And then he just like walked off. I was like, you turd. <laughs> you turd. Like, was it the drummer? Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't the drummer. It was the, it wasn't Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard is the, the lead singer is the other guy. Uh, maybe okay. his name was Mark. I, I, I don't remember, but it was probably Mark. Yeah. Right. Pretty generic Mark. man name. Yeah. yeah. But the whole deal is when I saw them live, the band that opened for them, I was very confused because the microphones were like very, very, very short. They were probably like three feet off the ground. I'm like, why are all these microphones so low? And then all of a sudden the a band came out. I'd never heard them before. Chicks Dig It was the name. Oh, and, are you serious? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I saw them in 94 as they were wow. touring around with President Sides of America in Lawrence, Kansas. So, uh, but what they did is like the second they, so they were just standing around, just like starting to play their stuff. But then the second they started to sing, they like did the splits. <laughs> and then <laughs> they just started singing down that low. <laughs> it was wow. great. It was great. So I became obsessed with uh, Chicks Dig It. And then from there, you know, I fell in love with like the queers and Screeching Weasel. And a lot of those more like bubblegum punk type of bands. And then more, 
Yeah, more like the lookout the, records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got into the 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 fat wreck stuff because chicks dig it. I don't remember if chicks dig it was on fat wreck at that point in time. They, they may have been already. They were on Honest Dons. Oh, Honest Dons, yeah. Which was so, like the sister label of fat. Yep. Yep. So so yeah, at that point, like I started to find all the fat wreck bands. And I remember going out to see No Effects for the first time out in Lawrence and all that, and it was great. So where they play? Uh Granada. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You saw no effects play the Granada. That's insane. Okay. I think the last time I saw no effects was with you at Liberty Hall. Remember that? Yes. A few years ago. Oh God. I love that. I love that so much. Mainly because <laughs> I mean, we talked about this while we were there, but <laughs> it was like, I remember us being, you know, teenage kids just like going to no effects shows. And then here we are like in our thirties and we're going back to an effects show and everybody just aged up with us. Now, granted there, there's new, there's new no effects fans that are out there, but I just love seeing a bunch of like mid to late 30 year olds, like in the balcony, just like going at it, just making out hard <laughs> in the balcony. I'm like, Oh, this is so good. Just like teenage love in their late thirties yeah. <laughs> at a punk rock show. It was so good. They haven't had a babysitter in months, Nick. Okay. It's a That's night right. out. That's right. It's a night to cut loose and drink a few beers and have a glass of wine or have a styrofoam cup of wine at the Liberty That's right. Hall. That's right. Show, okay. I, I find yeah. that the styrofoam really brings out the the flavor. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing to me that No Effects is even still a band in many yeah. ways. I'm glad they're still a band. I'm glad they're still doing their thing, but they're in their 50s now. So yeah. But I mean, you got Bad Religion that are pushing 60 at this point. So as long as they could do it, I will yep. continue going. I mean, it's just good feelings whenever I go to these types of shows and get all nostalgic and everything. Yeah. I wonder if uh, the no effects guys are actually living in Mattersville now. Cause I feel like they're, <laughs> they're at that age. <laughs> well, I think they, I think that is somewhat true. Him living in a cul-de-sac where a lot of people live and they just yep. do their own thing. They're recording right now. They're live streaming all their recording process. Mm. So oh, they're all together rad. now. I think they live in separate areas and stuff, but so when did you start playing? And was it bass at first? Were you overwhelmed by the amount of strings on a guitar? Not not with the uh, presence of the United States of America. Well, yeah, no, <laughs> I definitely would have been because like between the two of them, they only had five strings. So <laughs> that's right. But, like I did, I did start out with guitar, playing guitar. And I remember it's funny, it kind of comes full circle because I, I want to say one of the main reasons I decided to play guitar is because I saw Kyle Coomer playing. And I think at that point, the band was called Spin Cycle Dry. Wait, it seriously? Could, it, could, it could have been a different band at that point, but it was like, I would, I would have been like eighth grade. And then he was playing at like this summer camp. And I saw the way that all of these. So again, at, at this age, I'm just like, I want to date. <laughs> and so I just saw these like, you know, you wanted to ladies, date guitar players, ladies, ladies, just like running up to, to Kyle and the other folks who are in the band. I'm like, I got to be in a band. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I picked up the guitar for that reason. Um, and then I, after, so I, I'd been playing guitar for a little bit of time. I took like maybe a year and a half of lessons and then I just kind of stopped. Um, and that then, makes sense. And then I, I, you know, got into Brody Cagstar. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I peaked. I peaked <laughs> in, in ninth grade. I peaked. You're like, um, these lessons are hard. Nuts to this. I'm out of yep, here. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so like I, you know, I played in a band that was really, really terrible. It was like, they want, like they wanted to be Nirvana. It wasn't, it wasn't the best. And then after that, 
you know, we, I joined Brody Cagstar, but the whole deal with Brody Cagstar is they already had two guitar players. And so in order for me to join, I, I needed to switch over to bass. And so mm-hmm. I remember going to the American Royal out in the West Bottoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cause they have, they, they always had this like huge flea market and that's where I found a like knockoff, um, Oh, you see, this is where my, <laughs> this is where me not remembering things. This is where your dementia out. comes in, right? Yeah, it is. It is. So it's like, or, it's a, it's one of those like headless bases. I'm forgetting the, 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 the really oh, famous. Oh, uh, what were they called? Shinerback? Slinerback? Yeah. Something. Schechterback like or something. Schechterback. Yeah. So it was whatever, something like that. Whatever it was, but I, it basically looked like a paddle. And so I got myself a headless base and a tiny little PV amp. And then I joined Brody Cagstar and that was my base <laughs> for a while. So, um, yeah. And so, so from that point on that, that has been what I've played in every band since. So like Brody Cagstar, which was way more in line with like a screeching weasel kind of thing as mm-hmm. far as the, the kind of punk rock tunes we were doing. And then, you guys had a little bit more charm, I think a little bit more quirk than because yeah. you weren't necessarily like the second incarnation of a Ramones band. You know, whenever I listen to screeching weasel, I loved screeching weasel, but whenever I listen to them, you could hear the obvious influence from the Ramones. Yeah. And that's what I heard. But with Brody Cagstar, I think there was a little bit more. You guys did have a little bit more of that 90s fun quirk in you. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. And then I loved and Brody Cagstar. You guys were fun. Game time. Yep. So, Brody Cagstar, how long were you guys the band? Uh, I think it was three years. Wow. That's a long time, man. Yep. You were in a lot of bands for a long time. So, that was a product of high school, Brody Cagstar. Yep. Yep. I remember seeing you guys play once and I'm pretty sure it was at New Earth and you guys were great oh, and yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. That would yeah, have been and- probably near the end of our end of our time because we I, I remember back then we thought that hey, if we got the chance to play New Earth, that basically meant that we made it. And so, but I, you know, oops, <laughs> didn't know yeah. that, that meant nothing really. <laughs> I mean, it's great for local street cred, but uh it doesn't get you signed. Right. Well, that's the goal when you're a kid though, right? You know, that's what's spawning all of this deliberate action because you're thinking, because that's the thing as an adult, sometimes I think I'm still doing things because I feel like I have to, you know, I feel compelled to do things and just be creative in some capacity. And I think when you're a kid, if you have that singular focus and it's something that may seem trivial later, but in the moment, it feels like something monumental that's going to really get you going. That's going to be the thing that allows you to be that self-starter and just heads for it. Like yeah. it's your mission, you know? Yep. Cause I remember game time had a couple of goals like that as well. We wanted to tour. Mm-hmm. We wanted to play yep. warp tour. Yep. And I think we wanted to sell out at least one hometown venue. I think that was one of our main goals. Yep. And then we were later on having goals. Like we want to get a record deal. We want to have a legit booking agent mm-hmm. so that we can actually be on the road and, and this thinking kind of grow. Yep. Okay. So you were in Brody Cagstar for three years. And what exactly was the reason for you guys disbanding? I forget. I know I've asked you this before. Yeah. I don't even know if I remember. So, so one of the things to know about this guy is you're pointing I, to yourself. Yes, I did. I did point to myself is I was pretty conflict avoidant. And <laughs> it wasn't you? until, yeah. What, what? And so, um, a lot of that could have just been that, you know, mm-hmm. again, you got to also keep in mind that during Brody Cagstar days, I was still like deep in fundamentalist Christian land. 
Mm-hmm. And so, so you there, keep moving your head. Are you burping? Are you trying yes, not to burp into the mic? Yes. Okay. I, I will tell you that I have had like I've drank so many gallons of water because of this vaccine. And mm-hmm. it's just like I'm burping like a fiend right now. So. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say you've been drinking copious amounts of caffeine. Yeah, no, no, I can't do caffeine. That stuff jacks me up. <laughs> um, yeah, that so, makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm already pretty wired. I don't need more. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so, I mean, I think a lot of it is just because of me not knowing what to do with the fact that I wasn't, uh, yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't really remember. I just remember I decided Dude, we were I, kids. I needed to leave. Yeah. I mean, I was, we were kids. We, yeah, we, we like didn't 18. really know how to like talk things out. So it was just like, yeah. okay, bye. I'm going to try yep. to not avoid, or I'm going to try to avoid this situation as much yeah. as possible. But yep. you guys all are still friends, I think, in some capacity. And you guys were friends back then, even during the game time days. There was no bad blood or anything. Yeah, no, uh, no bad blood. I mean, since then, you know, I, I you know, I try to keep track of Micah Campbell. Uh, A boy but- of poetic constipation Constipation. that's right that's right but yeah so he's now living out of town he's not too far away from casey but you know him and his partner and their their kiddos they've got a bunch of land and stuff so he's out there so i never really get to see him and then i have no freaking idea where dj lawrence is (laughs) yeah kind of i don't know if he's still like not doing social media stuff but i know for a long time i just couldn't i have no idea where he is but no bad blood there either cool yeah, there's a lot of old friends that sometimes I'll try to look them up and I can't find them. They've mm-hmm. somehow circumvented being on social media, which I'm kind of envious of. But at the same time, there's part of me that thinks, okay, well, this is at least one way to stay connected to people. Yep. So there's trade-offs there for sure. And you were in gung-ho for a minute. I know yeah, we're kind of going all over the place, but... Yeah, that, that one was only a year. Okay. And we actually played a show. I don't think many people know that. Game Time and yeah. Gung Ho played a show. Yeah. It was the first dollar show, right? Yep. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you guys were fun. Did you guys write songs? How many songs did you guys have? Oh, uh, so th- this is the thing that really bums me out. We were in the midst of getting ready to record a whole album whenever I think DJ needed to take off to go to think college, heading to college in Chicago or something. And so that was really the end of gung ho. So it was a, it was a short lived kind of deal. And I remember near the end of our time, we went into Ashland studios with Keith Castor, who recorded the vast majority of game time stuff too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I remember going in there and he recorded, he recorded a whole bunch of our demos and everything. And we were going to go through and actually record, record, but you know, since then all those files are gone and I have no idea where they are. I don't even remember what our demos were. <laughs> Bummer. So all, all we have, all we have are the three songs that we did uh, with Caleb cool out in blue. Oh, Springs. I, I remember Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got three songs that I still have uh, from gung ho, but that's, that's Ooh. all that's left of that's all that's left of that. that I do remember hearing project. those back in the day. You got to send those to me. Yeah. Yeah, I will. And then you join game time. Yeah. Yeah which is a band that I started with Kyle Coomer. It's crazy that you were inspired by Kyle Coomer to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And so you already knew him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leading into that. Okay, so when we first hung out, because I knew who you were because you were infamous and you were well-known in the scene, quote unquote, but you came over to my parents' house. I was probably just turning 17 at the time and you brought over a DVD, a digital versatile disc. Do you remember what that dvd was the dvd yeah the first one that yeah the first time we ever hung out i had just met you and you introduced me to this movie that i'd never seen or heard about before waiting for guffman 
Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we sat on my parents' couch and watched that. <laughs> and it was me, you, and my sister. And yep. Yep. <laughs> it's just one thing that I think about often is the fact that we were relatively brave extroverted people, or at least we were pretending to be extroverts. I'm totally an introvert by nature, but the fact that we didn't know each other at all, and you just decided to come over and hang out for hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a certain level of tenacity and bravery, and I don't even know what the right word would be in that case, but I feel like we became friends right then and there. And it was pretty well established that you were going to be in the band at that point. Yep. Thank you, Christopher Guest, for bringing us together. He's a miracle man. He really is. Yeah. But I laugh whenever I think about that movie because that movie is just such a classic. It is. He's still doing stuff, right? Christopher Guest. He's still alive, right? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I haven't seen anything that he's done here recently, but you I know, thought I mean, he had a show Eugene on Levy's Netflix. Blowing up, but that's it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy. And Kathleen O'Hara. Yeah. Yeah. She Kathleen was in all those O'Hara. movies with him, too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Also, I, I think Christopher Guest, the last thing I remember him doing was something called Mascots. I think that was the deal because it yes, was another yes. one that, that was like... Similar to Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show. And yeah. what's the other one? Not Spinal Tap. Uh, Mighty but... Win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that came out when we were yeah. in the band. Yeah. He even did a fourth one, but that was like my least fave. I need to go back and watch it again now that I've done acting stuff a little bit to see if it lands differently, but it was for your consideration. Yes. And I bet it is funnier now that we're older. I need to check that out as well. So it was our goal to go on tour. You joined the band and we felt pretty well solidified after you joined the band. What are some of your favorite tour memories? Do you have any? Yeah. Was it all the ones where we fought in the van? (laughs) How how many times do you think we did that? Oh, How many man. times do you think we actually fought in the van? Because we like did have physically fight, like physically. The, the van. You and I, we we fought physically in the van. I think maybe just a couple times. Yeah. I laugh every time I think about it. Every our time fights I were never, and our fights were never punching. We were never punching each other. Really. <laughs> it was always just like a wrestling match. I think <laughs> it was such close quarters. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because as I get older, I think about all the times in which I just didn't know how to express myself when I was younger. And I was frustrated, you know, because you're right. It was such close quarters. We were living on top of each other in this tiny rolling van. And we just didn't know how to get away from each other. Uh -uh. We didn't know how to be purposeful in saying, I need a minute. I just need a minute. And, you know, I can do it now as an adult. I can kind of retreat and introvert for a second gain some energy and then I'm good to go with hanging out with all my people. But for whatever reason, we just didn't know how to do that back then. But I don't think we got into very many physical fights, maybe one or two or maybe three at the most. But I remember, I remember being soups annoyed with Gabe sometimes when we'd be on long drives and I'd be driving in my peripheral vision. I could see him fumbling around with stuff just to fumble around with it. And I called him the fidgeter. Do you remember that? He wouldn't stop fidgeting. I remember you yelling at him more than one on more than one occasion. And be like, "Oh my God, stop fidgeting! <laughs> just that stop messing so with stuff. Just sit there." He was like a five-year-old. You just couldn't contain him. Uh, I love you, Gabe. I love him very much. It's <laughs> so good. I can't even imagine what I did that was incredibly annoying that nobody was talking about, or probably talking about behind oh, my back. We all talked about it, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the thing. When you're young, you don't have the emotional maturity or capacity 
to know how to deal with conflict, which I'm sure you're much better at now. I mean, that's kind of part of your profession now, but we didn't have the bandwidth or the tools necessary to deal with that. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's true. That's good. Yeah. Okay. I, I do remember, I mean, some of the things that I remember, I mean, it's just a bunch of, I guess, as it relates to show wise, I, I remember being in like, it was our 10 day warp tour extravaganza. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were in, Oh, where would it have been? We were in Texas. Would it have been Houston? Would it, is that we, where it was? Yeah. We played Houston and San Antonio and San Antonio is when it rained. It flooded. Oh, okay. So San Antonio then. Cause I remember we had like, it was just like perfect timing because everything just started pouring down rain. Right. And as we had all our stuff on the stage. Started. Yeah. Right. As our set started, I remember like we were just inside an airplane hangar or something. And then everybody came pouring inside and we just had a massive crowd for our entire set. And it was just great just to yeah. see that stuff. And I remember afterwards, because Warp Tour is kind of, it's a beautiful thing. And it's also really weird knowing that it's like you have all these stages and then you've got to try to find where the band's merch tent is because it's never right by the stage. It's like, yeah, it's just like all over the place. And so I remember mm-hmm. right after we played, we were just trying to do what we could to be like, Hey, there's a lot of people here. Let's get our merch over here ASAP (laughs) in order to try to sell some stuff. But I remember like, I just loved, I just really loved how some of those shows, because no one knew who we were in some of these towns, but it was just great to see how serendipitous some of the stuff was. So we ended up having just like hundreds of people. I I think Denver was another one of those where we just had hundreds of people at warp tour that were just like digging, digging what we were doing Mm -hmm. and we're right there. So yeah, you're right. The two that I remember are the first state that we ever played. Do you remember the first date, Kansas City, when he basically told us we were playing first and we thought, oh, no one's going to be here. None of our friends are going to be able to get here in time. And we started playing and literally it was 300, 400 people were watching us play in that tent. Yep. I still have photos from that show. And that's one that I remember. And then I remember a place, I don't remember where it was, but we, do you remember when the whole thing moved indoors? It was raining outside, so they moved the whole thing in that gigantic warehouse. Yep. And they literally had the stages set in different areas of the warehouse. Yep. It was like an indoor, I don't know, it was just like a big, gigantic building. But yeah. I remember that was another situation where we were playing first and we thought nobody was going to be there. And then our stage was just catty corner to the opening where everybody was walking in. And when yep. we started playing and everybody just stopped. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that I was talking about. And so maybe I miss, I'm misremembering where it happened, but that big old warehouse, like, cause that was like one of my fave ones that I remember. I'm just like, dang, okay. People are like digging this. Yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that. You just jogged my memory there. That was an interesting thing. Cause I remember we went to watch thrice mm-hmm. and it was so loud in there. Like you could barely decipher what was happening, Yeah, but I do remember hanging out afterwards behind that big building. And I remember talking to the yellow card guys and we were all standing around waiting for food and I think some of the Finch guys were out there Mm -hmm. and that was kind of a unique situation, but yeah, Warp Tour is a grind. It is. Especially the way we did it. You know, I'm still kind of amazed that we were even able to do it. Yeah. We were on a mission, but just the fact that one of us had to drive and -hmm. we still had to show up to the place Mm -hmm. at six o'clock in the morning. And then somebody had to go to the production office to check us in. It's insane. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. And, and I, I also remember, I mean, this is the time of my life when we were doing this, when I decided that I only needed two to three hours of sleep. And so, uh, I, I had a habit of falling asleep at really random at the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
so everybody's like so nervous. But yet what I think was so funny about it is like, you all were just so tired that at some point you're just like, you just didn't care. You're like, okay, Nick, you're driving in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I'm the one that was like, <laughs> that was like known for falling asleep. But I, I, you know, we did all right. We did all right. We didn't no accidents outside of, yeah. you know, uh, I think it was Dane, one of our road techs. Tech oh guys. yes. He's and the only like, person I got into an accident with on yeah. tour. Yeah. And I think it was all he did is he just backed into, uh, he backed into one of those like concrete things that prevents you from hitting a gas pump. Yep. <laughs> so he just dented it there and that was it. So that's right. And all right. that was before. Yeah. I'd say we did pretty well. That was before we had a trailer too, because it hit the back of the van, the bumper yep. It had this yep. big concave thing in the left side, driver's side yep. of it. Yep. And I think we were all kind of sleeping when that happened. And then yep. we woke up and Dane looked at all of us and said, yeah, I think I just hit something. <laughs> I remember there being some trepidation and even telling us. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I also remember when we were trying to figure out like how we were going to split up cost of gas and everything. Cause essentially anytime we went out on tour, we just like worked our part-time jobs and then had to went to quintiles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Going to quintiles. And yeah. We sold our body to science. Tour. Yep. That's it. That's it. And so I just remember us being at a gas pump and getting into an argument over whether or not Dane, uh, who was our, you know, again, who came on the road to help us like with getting stuff set up, uh, running our merch table, if he mm -hmm. needed to, to also pay for really? gas. Yeah. Oh man. And so, and so thankfully, like, I mean, we resolved it, but there's no reason why he should have been paying for gas. No, of course I, not. I remember that. I remember that he was like that. sacrificing his time to come help yeah, us out. Yeah. We're like, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay too, buddy. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, That's just, that just right there shows a level of immaturity, mm -hmm. but God bless Dane. I love that man. I really do. Dude. I love you, Dane. Dude. It makes perfect sense that he was the one to get into an accident, but I still, <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> hey, he's, he's a masterful barber. So he really is. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. I, I've been talking to him a lot lately. I'm going to pee really fast. Can you hang mm -hmm. on just one second? I can. This happens during podcasts sometimes. What? My bathroom's right next door. Oh, look at that. Hurry back soon. I'm back. Hey. All right. So what were some of your favorite shows that come to mind? I think of Reliant K, those two shows especially were pretty special. Playing with Fall Out Boy was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, those are really, really good. The Reliant K ones are the ones that really stand out to me as being just really, really incredible because they were just packed both times. And it was just, yeah, it was just a blast to be able to play, to play with those folks and to see those folks just being that into it. So yeah, you know, I was just feeling myself during those shows. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You really were feeling yourself, weren't you? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, plus uh, I have a rat tail. So we just, we really, uh, if I had known better, I would have had to step aside. Nick, let's tone it down with the arrogance here. Okay. <laughs> can we just, like, can we just cut the rock star BS for two seconds? That's right. That's right. My head was just growing <laughs> exponentially. That's right. Yeah. Those were great shows. And then I was going to say, even the Spencer Iowa shows. Mm -hmm. Those were fun with Jesse booking them, you know, just yes. being in front of enthusiastic crowds was always a blast. And that was always something really special, even in Kansas yep. city playing new earth and all those venues, El Torreon. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And outside of that, like, I remember getting the, I mean, it was just cool to get the chance to, 
to hang out with like the dogwood and off the record folks. So mm-hmm. I love those shows as well. I'm going to try to get Josh on the podcast. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I need to try to think through cause we played a ton of shows, you know, at one point I had like, I don't know what happened to it. Oh, I think you still have it, but I had like a whole history. Like we had a, a running document of literally every show we ever played. Yeah. And, Cause we were using that as part of like our promo pack whenever we yeah. were trying to get A&R reps. And I just, I, it would be interesting just to go back and kind of look at those and see like what all, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, what all was there. I also, I mean, I also really dug, I mean, cause this is what kind of solidified our relationship with yellow card. I remember that show at El Torreon where, you, you know, where we played with yellow card where mm-hmm. they, Oh yeah. Cause they technically like opened for us at that point in time. Cause that was before we wanted to do them a solid as the touring band, but it was before they blew up. Yeah. That was one of those serendipitous things too, because I didn't really, when I booked those shows, I didn't even know how unique or special of a band that was at the time. Yeah. And then we saw them live and we thought, okay, yeah, this is a leveled up bandmanship at that yep. point. Cause remember yep. when we first played with them, we played with them at the bottleneck and there was maybe four people there Yep. and Sean still did a backflip mm-hmm. and they still came out to the star Wars dark side theme. And we were just jaws on the floor thinking, okay, yeah, <laughs> we've got to step up our game. But I remember what was really cool about that night was when we were warming up with our three-part harmonies mm-hmm. and that really caught their attention and they were really impressed by that. And they thought we sounded like inspection 12. Yeah. 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 Good times. Yeah. Great oh, times. Great right. Times. Great times. Yeah. Yeah. Great times with game time. Yep. Yes. I've got some more friend slash fan questions. You want to hear them? Let's do it. Let's do it. One person that you and I both know very well and actually went on tour with game time. He wants to know who was your best man at your wedding? (laughs) No. Okay. So I know exactly who asked this question. So Uh I'm just going to say it's Drew Van Horn because I know that that it is Drew Van Horn that asked that question. (laughs) You are correct, sir. Very good. Yes. (laughs) But really it was Michael Waters, but really it was Drew Van Horn, but really it was Billy Brame and Josh Fillingham and all the other people. Yeah. Just, I really appreciated that everybody <laughs> and Dane Casey, I really appreciate mm-hmm. that everybody was just fighting over who was going to be my best man at the wedding. <laughs> yeah. That's a coveted position. I mean, it really is. I was up there too, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know why this is the funny thing. I don't even know why people want it. Cause I don't think I realized the responsibility that, comes with it because then you're the one that's like planning planning all sorts of stuff so it is an honor Mm -hmm. but it also it also comes with some stuff you know Mm -hmm. and so make sure you clear out your schedule yeah and start saving money because it's all expensive yeah Yeah. uh you're right it's kind of like just weddings in general there's a lot that's involved in a wedding right yep yeah so who planned your bachelor party uh yeah it would have been micah it would have been micah the whole time yep Mm mm-hmm Nice. Awesome. This particular person also has another question for you. Are you ready? Whoever this He wants is. to know, what does your email signature say? <laughs> I'm not answering that. <laughs> you have to tell me. I want to know. The listeners I know, what he's doing. I know, know what he's Nicholas. Doing. Okay. So basically, so I've got like a few different emails for the different, the different hustles that I got. And so initially what I had been doing is like, you know, it's common for professionals to put like their name and then like their title and their favorite quote and like their contact info. Yeah. A bunch of folks do quotes. I don't do the quotes, but I'll just, you know, I'll 
put down like a website or something. And um, so about five years ago, I decided to try my hand at commercial and film work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I put down as my email signature, Nick Pickerel actor, and then Drew just, he just, he just picked that thing up and threw it right back in my face. So I immediately got <laughs> rid of it. And he keeps mentioning it. That bastard. <laughs> but that's that's Drew right. for you. That's Drew. That's his humor. Dude, you need to bring it back. I mean, how do you expect to get acting gigs if you don't have it in your email signature? Well, I don't think I need to worry about it because one of my other good friends, Billy Brain, decided to... Uh, so we have this like tradition where we would go over to his house every year for a white elephant Christmas party. And mm-hmm. Dane, the first year had a bunch of business cards that he wasn't using anymore because he got out of the whole like live sound thing. Neat. And so what we did is we hid these business cards all over our friend's house, just everywhere, hundreds of them all over the place. And we've done that literally every year since then. So a couple of years back, I had all these, like whenever I first started acting, my agents insisted that I got like headshots. 200 headshots. Yeah. And so we hid those all over his house and Billy as a way to get back at me decided to create the hashtag Nick pick. It's I think it's Nick Pickerel actor or mm. yeah, I think it's Nick Pickerel actor. And he yeah. decided to like hang them up on telephone poles all over town and all over town. Them, he even included my cell phone number. So I got, <laughs> a, few, I got a few crank calls. <laughs> That's brilliant. Did you get any jobs? Oh God, no, no, it's ridiculous. Why would I get a job from hanging oh. my headshot up? No, no, I definitely did not. No, definitely. I mean that's how we got shows back in the day. Yep, yep. We literally would pass out flyers literally everywhere. Yep. Do you remember when I had you become a walking billboard? Yeah. That was such a great idea. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah, we literally we created a poster for literally one show, and we yep. printed two of them out and put them on two slabs of card and we literally made straps to go around your shoulder. And we went to a show and you just walked around talking to random strangers, <laughs> self-made billboard on you. I loved it. I love that stuff. Yeah, dude. It was fun. I mean, it was like, cause the other kind of hustle that we did that I really loved in our, on our tours is like, we, I think I can only recall one or two nights over the three year period that we were really going to town with touring where we even stayed in a hotel. Like every other time, even if we didn't have a show that day, we would just like go to a mall and then just ask everybody that we saw if we could stay at their house. <laughs> Perfect strange. Yeah. We would literally meet people and then immediately ask them if we could stay at their place yes. of residency, their yes. home. Yes. And people would let us do it. Yeah. Are people insane? Yeah. What? Yes, people are. You, you couldn't even <laughs> Facebook stock people back then. You couldn't even... Yeah look people up online to make sure they're not serial killers. I'm, I'm amazed that that was even yeah. a thing. I remember going into that Bose speaker store at the mall of America. Yes. Uh huh. And we stayed with that young lady who was mm-hmm. so nice to let us come stay in her studio apartment. Mm-hmm. I remember she had a dog and cardboard. Her bedroom was, it was a situation where she just had a, a divider, mm-hmm. you know, a makeshift yeah. divider where her bed was. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that, I mean, we were very harmless and innocent, mm-hmm. but still just the fact that she allowed us to do that, her yeah. parents would not have approved. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, I mean, we had, you know, we, we did that one tour over Christmas, which I don't know how wise of a move that was <laughs> to do it over Christmas. But, it was so uh, dumb. Why did we do that? We were so dumb. I don't, I don't know. But what was great is, you know, we got the chance to, 
we spent Christmas Strangers. in the Bay Area mm-hmm. with was Casey. It Casey and Kristen, mm-hmm. uh, their parents. And like they got us presents. Like it was, it was so good. <laughs> It yeah, because it was my birthday. Remember, they got me the yep. planner. Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still have that thing somewhere. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh, good times. Yeah, I still keep up with them on social media. Casey and Kristen. Yeah. Casey yeah. had a baby maybe a couple years yep. ago. Yep. There's one last friend slash fan question. Mm-hmm. You ready for it? I'm gonna let yep. you answer it. Uh, will there be a game time reunion? I mean, we have discussed it, so I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I know that we had talked about doing a reunion because of a show, a show possibility in Pennsylvania and where we would get the chance to play alongside Blink-182. But um, I mean, I'm down. I bought a new guitar for fun. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't done that in 17 years, which is insane to me, but I was playing Game Time songs yesterday. I relearned how to play When Time Stands Still. Nice. Those songs are hard. Yeah. 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 I thought muscle memory would come flooding back. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah. No. I mean, good news. Good news for me is I played bass. So none of those songs are actually hard. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They're just difficult for you. Yeah. Yeah. It is because, <laughs> because I peaked in ninth grade. <laughs> oh, come on. You know, that's not true. You got decades decades before that I, will peak say, occurs. Probably, I would probably have to practice my speed because you know now i'm playing in a band where it's like indie meets Question. baby making music and so it's slightly slower and by slightly i mean incredibly slower. yeah <laughs> you mean achilles though right yeah yeah i thought you weren't playing with achilles anymore yeah no no no. Def- definitely am yep cool all right yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna put a period on that because <laughs> I hope the mic picked that up. That's great. Uh, I'm glad, man. I loved Achilles and I loved all your groovy bass lines. Mm-hmm. Did you write the majority of those? So earlier on, I was the writer of those. Later on, not so much. Um, Bring them back. Because yeah, that, 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 was, that was the thing that like, you know, kind of goes back and forth. It, you know, pros and cons with all sorts of things. So a band like Game Time, we were, we were practicing once a week, devoting a decent amount of time to this thing. Mm-hmm. Achilles we would basically practice one or two times before we had a show and that, that Mm -hmm. was how we did it. And then we would just like learn new songs right there. Um, So because of that, because of our format, there, there isn't a whole lot of chance to create. And so Mm -hmm. the main songwriter will just like kind of hand over the lines and be like, Hey, this is what I was thinking for this song. And then we just kind of all learn it together and and just go. So we're all basically like players rather than co-creators, if that makes sense. Sure. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's got its pros and cons, but like given everything else that's going on, it, it, I have time for it. So that's great. That's cool, man. It just gives you an opportunity to be creative and play shows. Yep. So that's fun. Yeah. So game time, we actually practiced two or three times a week sometimes, Mm -hmm. which is insane to me. Yeah. The thought of driving out to blue Springs or Oak Grove is just Mm -hmm. an insanity when I yeah. think about it, cause I'll drive past those sometimes not very often. And I'll think I used to drive out here multiple times per week to practice. Yeah. We were just so dedicated. Yeah. 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 It was a so thing. game time reunion is still a, a possibility, a maybe mm-hmm. it's funny. I have a game time song that I really want to record and I want to, I haven't told anybody else this besides Pamela, but I would love to have you and I sing on it and yeah 
see if Adam from Homegrown would want to contribute vocals to a verse or maybe yeah, a bridge or something. Yeah, because he's he's recording new music. He has access to a recording studio, so I think it'd be really simple for him. Yep. And I would love to just do one or two new songs and throw them up on Spotify. Game oh, time that'd now. Be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. The only problem is money. Yep. Everything costs money and time. That's the issue, really. I mean, money is not really the issue, but time is definitely the issue. That's a currency as well. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But anyways, this has been really fun. I appreciate you doing this. We'll definitely, can we do this yeah. again with Gabe? I hit up Gabe yeah. last night and I said, Gabe, I know this is last minute. I was planning on hitting you up as well with Nick, but Nick can do it tomorrow. I was going to see if you can do a podcast and we can talk old times and stuff. And he didn't yeah. text me back. So I hope he listens to this. Oh, and... how dare you, Gabe? <laughs> he didn't respond. He's a busy man. He's got a lot of kiddos, a lot of adorable kiddos, but I do want to do another one where it's the two of us and maybe we can just have a fun time and talk old tour stories and stuff. But I have one more question for you. Uh-huh. I feel like we barely scratched the surface, but I really do feel like I could talk to you all day and neither of us has time for that. We're just way too busy for that. What are you doing these days to stay in such amazing, phenomenal shape because you still look good man thank you thank you you still have abs god no no wait did i ever of course you did yeah i think you actually had the best physique out of all of us for a long time i mean i certainly had the worst but i mean i think about this (laughs) there was a period of time where you were lifting weights like in high school you used to tell me about it you lifted weights and you had you had pectorals, you had abdomens, you had lats. I'm pretty sure Gabe was really thin, but he definitely had abs and chest and all that too. And I remember Kyle Coomer showing off his sunburned body to random strangers quite a bit. God, that's good. Yeah. No, I, uh, I will say metabolism is my, is my friend. A high metabolism is my friend. Are you doing yoga? Doing anything? No, no. Sarah does though. My partner. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I, you know, the main thing I do is, and I haven't done it since the pandemic hit, but like, I love once a week going out and playing like ultimate Frisbee, but that's it. That's it. Where do you play? Nothing else. Uh, like just a half block away. There's like a pickup game that always happens on Rockhurst's field, Rockhurst university. So I don't up there and play with folks, but yeah. Cause like, I hate, I, I despise, I abhor cardio for no reason. Like I, I love it when it's practical. So like riding a bike, I want to make sure I'm riding a bike from point A to point B, unless I'm mm-hmm. with a bunch of friends and we're going out for a bike ride. It's not me just to, it's, it's not in my nature to just be like, you know, what? I'm going to go for a run for no reason or like, I'm going <laughs> to go for a bike ride for no reason. And so it, there's uh, plenty of reasons. There is utility in running. I don't love running either. There's yep. many other things you could do to get in great shape, but yep. Some people run because it's good for their mental capacity, their oh, mental health. I get it. I get it. I love cardiovascular it. I just, health. I can't do it. I can't do it. That's why I like th- throw a game behind running like ultimate Frisbee. And then I'll run for hours and I will like destroy myself and it'll feel mm-hmm. great. But that's, that, that's generally what it is. But I will say that because of like my two and a half years in high school of doing like bodybuilding classes, which is funny that that's what they called it. It's not like people were becoming like, what is it? Mr. Schwarzenegger, Mr. Atlas, Atlas, Olympia. What, what, what were those? Like those big. Oh yeah. Mr. Olympia. Yeah. They still do those shows. Yeah. Yeah. 
so it's like, yeah, it's not like anybody in high school is becoming those guys, but like, yeah, it's called bodybuilding. <laughs> so, um, well, it's yeah, because like I do, I do enjoy lifting. I mean, I have always enjoyed lifting weights. I just haven't done it in ages. It's because you're building your body, Nick. That's true. When you're lifting I, I weights, you're say, building it. That's true. I will say that I, my, my hope is to begin, um, bouldering like i've always loved that kind of thing and so i may start doing that more like get a get a membership at uh one of the gyms in town yeah yeah, yeah. no that makes total sense you don't want to run but you want to pick up gigantic heavy rocks i know what you're saying no that's not what bouldering is it's not like it's... you're lifting boulders to transport them <laughs> it's rock climbing it's i was thinking climbing. of something else i was thinking okay. of something else i was thinking, thinking of like of like a like a crossfit extreme <laughs> kind of thing I was thinking of like strongman where you literally pick up the big round stones that weigh something and you like oh, gotcha. place them over your shoulder. I should know better. Yes. Bouldering rock climbing. Yes. I, in my head, I was thinking, how can I make a joke that pokes fun at Nick? So that's where my brain was. I mean, it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Rock climbing is cool. It's a lot of fun too. It's challenging, but yeah, you definitely, you yeah. gain some strength and there's a little bit of a cardio element into it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't knock cardio. Okay. Don't be all cardi. No. Hey, I'm right? not cardi. No, I'm cardi. Yes. I'm just saying that like, I haven't, the things that, that I have loved that are cardio have been unavailable to me since the pandemic hit, but now I'm vaccinated. So nice. Good for you. I was going to ask you, uh, well, no, you told me at the, the top of the show. So I'm going to cut that out of this episode because it makes me sound like a really terrible interviewer, but yeah, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll leave it in. You never know. So I have one more question for you. What is exciting Nicholas Pickerel these days? What you got going on? What's exciting these days? Um, let's see. Well, I have like a, I'm getting to take like a three month vacation. So that's got me real excited. So it's, it's a paid vacation, three months and, um, sabbatical. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be you know, Sarah and I are going to be taking a trip down to New Mexico, Arizona, Utah. I, I love slot canyons. I love them. Uh, where it's like a little narrow crevice and there's like huge bluffs on either side of you and you're just like hiking on through them. And so yeah. we're, we're going to be going, we're going to be going to town hiking out at some different national parks down in the okay. area for like two weeks. So I'm really freaking excited for that. That's awesome, man. Just make sure somebody knows where you're going because you've probably seen 127 hours. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't want yeah. you getting stuck between some boulders. <laughs> but you see, that's why I'm bouldering. <laughs> <laughs> Your setup, <definition>, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. This is going to be my greatest interview, really. I can feel it. Oh yeah, it's there. It's All right, like, well, cool. ask me, ask me more questions that you've already asked me, and then you'll. Okay, go. I will. I'll repeat myself a couple times. You have another hour available? Yeah. Oh yeah, easy. Yeah, of course you do. You don't have any weddings today, right? Yeah. No. So you are also doing real estate. Yep. You become a real estate agent during this three month sabbatical. Are you going to write your memoirs? I was going to ask you that as well. Yeah, I'm going to write a memoir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Multi- a multiple volume memoir. Multiple units, 800 pages a piece. Oh yeah, at least. Because you, sir, have lived a lot of life. Heavily researched. <laughs> Heavily researched memoirs. Yeah. Yeah. Of yourself. Yeah. The bibliography is going to be huge. I spend all day long researching myself in my entire life. 
And I put the notes on little post-it cards and that's how I organize my thoughts and my chapters. Narcissism? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Well, this has been fun. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Have a wonderful day. If anybody needs to buy or sell a home, they should hit you up. Yes. Help me help you buy a house. Yeah. Did you come up with that? Help me help you. Isn't that from a movie? Is that a film? Yeah. I mean, most everything that I say is, is definitely borrowed from something else. From I, Jerry Maguire. I don't know. Is, is that what it is? The help mm-hmm. me help you think Jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, cool. I don't remember where all my pop culture stuff, but very rarely uh, does anything truly original come out of my mouth. It's usually like regurgitations of pop culture references from the nineties. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so that's, I know. that's basically my jam. I, I know. I know this very well. Oh, do you? all right buddy this has been fun fight you later round two maybe we'll do a round two for the people because i know i would imagine there's going to be more questions in the game time instagram that i haven't seen yet after this so we'll save those for next time shall we plus we have got some doozies of freaking hysterical stories from tour times it's true I'm immediately thinking of Gabe and a water bottle. So that that's what I'm going to be. Oh gosh. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. And Gabe trying to rock climb himself on the side of a highway. (laughs) We'll save that for the next one. I want him to tell that story. Uh, Good times. All right, buddy. What you enjoy the rest of your Saturday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Love you, buddy. Love you too. Bye. I'm going to end the meeting for all right now. You wish. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to help the podcast out, if you want to do a massive solid for us here at Having a Blast, if you could just leave us a review, a five-star review would be amazing wherever you listen to podcasts. Or if you just want to recommend this podcast to a friend who might enjoy it. All right. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hope you're having a blast listening to your favorite records. I'll talk to you later. Bye.